good day and welcome to What's Happening MoCo, a podcast from your award-winning government television station, County Cable Montgomery. Now, here's your host, Derek Kenny. Good day. Welcome to What's Happening MoCo. We are back live, recording live at the MoCo Conference, Ocean City, Maryland. We've talked to a lot of leaders uh, this week, these last two days. And now we have our leader here, our fearless leader, our county executive, Mark Elrich. How are you today, sir? I'm good. All right, excellent, excellent. How, how was your drive-in? How has your a few days of the conference been so far? Drive-in was horrible because we hit these rainstorms. Oh, no. And they were like big downpours, so mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of driving in the rain. Yeah. Particularly on some of the, on two-lane roads. So... It's got limit, you know. That wasn't the most fun, but it's been it's been good being down here. I've had um, just solid meetings pretty much all day long, but um, I've got to have a lot of conversations with people. I was like I was telling you before. I've um, talked to a lot of vendors. I'm, you know, I was particularly interested in technologies, um, processes that we don't have in the county, and to understand what other people are doing. So it gives, gives me a chance to see, you know. Somebody sells a, a type of software to this county and that county, and they're using it for things mm-hmm. that we haven't automated yet. I'm curious about what the applicability to our county. So, so one of the benefits of Mako is that you you're exposed to ideas and resources that you may not have been known already. Yeah. Um, also, there's best practices that may be done in other areas. What are some of the other things that are some of the topics or concerns that you find resound across other counties that um, we may be sharing in Montgomery County. Um, the lack of money at the state level and local levels. I mean, all of us, you know, have had a hard time maintaining budgets or increasing budgets to address additional needs. And the state, um, their budget's been constrained. The governor came in and, you know, suddenly when they recalculated various things they went with a lot less money than they thought they were going to have oh, wow. so you know, he some of the very ambitious things he had wanted to do initially he wasn't able to do and so the question is if we really should be doing these things like say early childhood education do you just surrender because you say you don't have enough money or do you figure out how do you raise enough revenue to do the things that, that you think you need to do so those are common threads wow. across all counties you know, and, and the blueprint for some counties, they have no idea how they're going to be able to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Some of them are just simply not going to do it because they don't have the money to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Of course, whether or not you have the money is a function of your taxes. Right. You could have the money. Yes. And yes. so, you know, I would say early childhood education, we need to figure out how to do this, but we just can't walk away from it and say, it's going to be expensive because it's probably the most effective thing in changing educational outcomes mm-hmm. for kids. Yeah. And if you fail in the early years, you pay for it mm-hmm. for the rest of that kid's life in many cases. So you could be cheap on the front end, or you can make an investment that will actually produce more income, more value, and more opportunities and create fewer problems if we make those investments on the front side. Wow. So, yeah. so, so when you spend money now, when you invest in your people, yeah. your your young people, which is our, the county's greatest assets in a lot of ways, yeah. then you really lay the foundation for a stronger future. 
Um, so it's almost as if you can't afford not to invest um, in your future um, by investing in yeah. those young people. Wow. Okay. And the ironic irony is, of course, we always find the money for jails. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah. <laughs> that would that will do. Right. But right. Money for things that would in the long term keep people out of jail mm-hmm. and give them a sense of possibility and that they could have productive lives and earn livings. That stuff, it's like, well, if I can afford it, I'll do it. It's like, we got to change our mindset on some of these things. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, now we're here at Mako. Uh, what, are, what are some of the, what's, what is over the years coming to Mako, um, what are some of the things that you find? Um, most helpful when you talk to your peers, when you're able to have an offline conversation, not exactly what you're talking about, but um, what are the opportunities that you have here at Mako to talk to people that you don't normally have a chance to talk to? Uh, talk to, And then how does that help you kind of shape your approach to leading us? Well, so you, you see all the county executives down here and a lot of council members for a few days, and you see the governor's secretaries, but also staff. And it gives you a window into what other people do. So, you know, Montgomery County, I think, is a pretty good county. But there are places where we kind of lag in adoption of technology. So here's a place you can go to talk to people and say, how did this work? Because right. salesmen will tell you everything works great. Yeah, of course. I, w- I want to talk to the department that <laughs> implemented something and have them tell me mm-hmm. it worked great. So those are conversations you get to have down here. People ask us questions because Montgomery County is kind of a model for a lot of things. And so it's an opportunity to explain what we do. Climate change is a good example of uh, the county being able to show people, A, we can do things and it didn't break the bank. Mm-hmm. Helps other people kind of realize that they can do this too. Right. And to people with a lot of, not a lot of experience and a lot of misgivings about how you're going to pay for it, they tend to avoid dealing with that kind of issue. To the extent we're able to model how it can actually work, we become an example that helps other people, I think, understand this better and also understand what's possible better. And I learned from them. That's great. That's great that they can learn from you and us and you can learn from them. And we don't have to um, recreate the will, so to speak. And we can all come back stronger and serve our respective jurisdictions better. Yep. Now, talking about our respective jurisdictions, Montgomery County, Maryland, our favorite place, right? Um, what, what are some of your favorite things in the county? What are, you know, taking the, your, your head totally off of business, more of a recreation. It's summertime. Hopefully you've had a few days to rest here and there. <laughs> no, I actually haven't. <laughs> but if, if you were able to, hypothetically, what, what would you do leisurely in the county? Where would you go? Uh, what, what, would you, what, what type of entertainment would you enjoy? What foods would you enjoy? So we've got a great selection of restaurants, that's okay. for sure. And they stretch all the way across the county. You can go find pretty amazing food up in Germantown, and you can find amazing food in Silver Spring. Mm-hmm. There's probably about 25 miles between the two mm. and everything in every place in between. So I think f- food is one of the most amazing things. In fact, when we were talking to a group of uh, travel people who, you know, they, they, we had a conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, our Visit Montgomery had a big conference here. One of the things I pitched them, I said, look, you know, if you're dealing with different ethnic groups, Montgomery County is one of the few places yeah. where no matter where you're from, 
you can probably find something to eat. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds yeah. you of back home. And and, and, and and quality offerings too. Yes. Quality offerings. Yeah. So that's something I like. I mean I um, when COVID kind of altered my music routine. Okay. But, you know, there's some really great places here to go listen to music. Yeah. And I'm a, especially a fan of Hank Deedles, okay. which is just this, you know, small bar mm-hmm. on Rockville Pike across from where White Flint Plaza used to be. And it's like, it had a license. It was, I think it might have been the first place that had a license for, you know, on-site consumption, and it burned down, and the community helped raise the money to build it back up. They're like an institution, and, you know, for me, I've been going there since I was old enough to drink. Wow, all right. So, you're looking over a half century. (laughs) And and it still still delivers. It still delivers. In fact, it's enhanced uh, when they rebuilt it. Uh, It's... It's better for live music than it was before, okay. and it's and it's really great community place, and it's a kind of place where people just come in and they're normal. All right, so so like me, you you enjoy food, you enjoy the food in the county. Unlike me, uh, you have a great appreciation for music, and I noticed in a few of your uh, your meetings, weekly meetings, that you have guitars in the background and are those decorative guitars no, those are or are you guitars. able to use those things so I, I only ever learned to to play rhythm guitar oh really okay so i played in a band and you know i probably started when i was 14 or 15 i was played in the band until i was about 21 i did open mic stuff till i was in my 30s wow okay so it was yeah but I can't play lead, so I play chords. I can do the rhythm piece, uh-huh. the lead piece. I can't do. I wish I could. But you did open mics though, so does yeah. that mean you sung as well? Or? Yeah, yeah. I was the lead singer in the band when I did. That. <laughs> okay, hold on. So breaking news, breaking news. <laughs> stop the podcast. I have this. No one else has this. Mark Elrich, county executive, has talent. He was a lead singer in a group and plays rhythm guitar. People may know that. I didn't know that. The Franklin um, Park Zoo. Franklin Park Zoo. All right. Well, I'm, I'm hoping we'll have a moment where if you if you have the incl- inclination and the time to maybe, I don't know, for charity or something, to grace us with a little selection or maybe I'll, organize a little reunion or something. That would be so wonderful. I have to get over my head. <laughs> so what, so no one pressure. The, no pressure. I would say one of the things that, that I lost during all this time in COVID was, you know, actually not playing guitar oh man because you know if, when I'm working you know from morning yeah. to night and I'm back in the office you know we were out briefly but we, you know we came back pretty early when you do that all the time and you get home at night and nine to ten at night it's not conducive to sitting down yeah even to reading it's just like I don't need any more information and I just want to and so I've started now picking up again and carving out time so I can yeah. relearn songs that I need to relearn. It's kind of fun. Yeah, and, and it's good to re-energize. You, yeah. you, you serve, you give so much, you talk to so many people, um, you provide leadership, and it's, and it's exhausting. Even like walking through the yeah. conference today, you probably talk to hundreds of people, uh, and by the end of the day, you know, how yeah. much energy that takes. Uh, it's so, always being on. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you... People so, want to know what you're thinking and what you're doing, and so it's it's okay, but it's it is stressful sometimes. Well, well, well. Here's a I'm going to give you a chance to do something different. We're always asking you to do things. We're asking for things from you as county executive. 
what, what would you ask um, for from residents um, in support of your initiatives, in support of some of the um, goals that the county has um, for the betterment of Montgomery County? What, what would you say if you had a chance to talk to residents and say, can you help me with this or can you offer that? Look, I think climate change is probably, it's like an existential threat. And I feel sorry for those who actually don't even recognize that it's happening. But mm-hmm. it's happening. And I would say that it's happening faster than anybody thought it would. Mm-hmm. You know, two years ago, they weren't predicting this. It, you know, people were talking 2050. You know, I remember first it was 2100, right. then 2075, and then 2050, wow. and then 20. It's like this is creeping up on us, and it is it is not going to be good. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem. So residents, you know, the county, we could electrify all our vehicles. We could clean up all our buildings. It won't make a dent unless individuals switch from gas to electric cars unless um, people change their heating systems over and uh, you know as they age you should you know make a commitment to changing over to an electric system uh, because we need everybody in on this and it's so it's nice when people say you got a great climate plan but that plan actually they're in the plan. <laughs> you guys are in the plan here <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's not you know, this not plan is at, not at you, it's with you. Yeah, um, and the government can't do it by itself. Okay. So I would ask people to think really hard about what they do in, in participating. Yeah. Um, I think um, I'd ask people to think about quality of life issues. And, you know, I think there's been a false narrative about Montgomery County being a highly taxed place. And it turns out... We're probably the second lowest tax jurisdiction in, really? yeah, in the region. Wow. Yes. Okay. I, I remember when, when I proposed the tax increase, some reporter said, well, people are going to go to Howard County. I said, no, they're not, because the tax rate there is $1.25. Yeah. I said, wow. no one's running from here. And you're not going to Virginia because their tax rate there is higher. So we need to think about if we want the things we say we want, it actually costs money. Right. And... We have to be willing to do do what we need. I mean, early childhood education is one of those things that it is the thing that is most likely to change outcomes for the students. I don't just mean educational outcomes, I mean life outcomes, right. whether you get a job, whether you're employable when you leave high school, one way or the other, whether you're going for a degree or you've got the skills that you need to go out into the workplace. And early childhood makes an enormous difference in preparing kids for that life. If we don't do it, then we're gonna pay for it anyway. Right. Because it's remedial programs, mm-hmm. it's you know, special classes for kids yeah. who are struggling, it's people who never get to get decent jobs, and so they wind up consuming more resources and they contribute in terms of taxes. It's it's not good for us. Right. And we'd all be healthier if everybody was healthier. Mm-hmm. And if all our students were successful, that would benefit everybody. Right. And mm-hmm. so I ask people to, you know, before they jump on, my God, you want to raise taxes, to think about the things we would do with the money. Right. We, we look at Northern Virginia and people say, why aren't you like Northern Virginia? I'm like, do you know how many taxes Northern Virginia has on businesses that we don't have and people don't know? Mm. They have a they have a tax up to three percent of gross receipts on every business in Fairfax County. Oh, wow. Gross receipts, three percent. Mm. So 
That's something we don't have. And it, and it generates $200 million into the Fairfax County budget, which means we don't get that. They have a 12.5 cent tax on all commercial property that generates a lot of money into the budget every year to do transportation projects. They got a penny added to the sales tax, and seven-tenths of that penny goes to transportation projects. So Virginia has got a stream of capital that lets them build transportation projects, which lets them then attract development, because they can tell a company and say, if you come here, you're going to build this improvement, and you'll benefit from it. Montgomery County is not able to do that, because we don't have a revenue stream, and we don't have enough tax revenue right now that would allow us to finance the bonds that would let us build stuff. So every time somebody tells me, Virginia, Virginia, you want to be like Virginia, and adopt the tax policies that Virginia has. Oh, whoa. That's, that's asking for... <laughs> that's asking... That actually sounds like it's asking for a lot. Okay. I'm, you know, it's like, if you like what somebody's got or what they've been able to do, you ought to examine how they got there. We do this simplistic thing of just like, they've got more of this or they're more successful at that. That all may be true in some ways, but we don't ever dare to have the conversation with what do they do? Because that's something that particular business community doesn't particularly want to hear. But if you want the business community that you that you think our competitor has, maybe you ought to hear it. Oh, all right. and, and that's fair. And that's fair. Um, going back to the youth and investing in the yeah. youth, it, it reminds me of uh, the four H's at the Ag Fair. The Montgomery County Agricultural yeah. Fair, of course, the nine best days of summer, wrapping up this week. Uh, today is Friday. Tomorrow's the last day. Um, they do a lot of... Um, uh, tech education, a lot of agricultural education, um, a lot of fun, of course, for families. Um, and then the volunteers, talking to residents giving back, contribute uh, 97% of the effort to get the Ag Fair going. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about the Ag Fair? What are some of the things you like most about the, the MoCo Fair? And then, of course, what's your favorite fair food? Uh, so, what I like most is, A, talking to people who are in the business, particularly, particularly farmers, mm-hmm. because, you know, we've got this ag reserve. It's, it contributes a lot of money to the local economy, and understanding what their needs are is, I think, really important. So it's an opportunity to actually meet the people who, mm-hmm. who work out there. And I, because I am the county executive and I go to other meetings, it's not the only time I talk to them, but it's a really, you see a, broad, you see a broader group of people up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and your conversations are one-on-one and kind of like it's not entangled in group dynamics or anything. So that's right. a good thing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I like um, I like some of the some of the booths up there are interesting. You see a lot of you know people exhibiting. Mm-hmm. They had a really good beer booth up there this year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you asked me my favorite food. Um, <clears throat> I go after barbecue. Oh, all right. Like yeah, so. Like, like ribs, ribs, a little brisket. Okay, ribs and ribs. brisket. <laughs> the best kind of barbecue is all the barbecue. That's good. Yes. Hey, yep. And then pulled pork, pulled and then pork. pulled chicken works, mm, and okay. anything that's barbecued works for that me. Sounds, oh, so I agree. It's and I think like it's an art form, mm-hmm. and the and sauces when, are an art form. Now, when it's done right, barbecue yes. is phenomenal. And I think there's no bad barbecue. I don't know if you can do barbecue yeah. bad. Now, are you a dry rub or are you, uh, you know, the um, sauce type of barbecue? We had to, if you had to pick one, if I, 
if I weren't diabetic, oh, I, would be, I would be a sauce guy. Okay. Gotcha. And, but since all the, the good sauces have sugar in them or molasses, yeah. it's like, so I, once in a while I'll dabble a little bit on there, but I won't do what I would like to do. Then I really got into dry rubs, and, and on ribs especially. There's some people who do some amazing dry rub ribs. Right. And, uh, but I like, I'm, I like the meatier. Mm-hmm. I don't like these skimp, you know, skimpy ribs where you, yeah. you know, you're not getting much meat off this. Mm-hmm. I want a proper, proper rib. Okay. All right. Uh, and there's some there are, in the D.C. area. There's some incredible barbecue places. Awesome. And hopefully we'll have uh, even more in Montgomery County so that the county executive can come and enjoy a plate yes. of ribs, uh, brisket, and, uh, and some pulled pork. Yeah. You know, all right. All right. So if, if we have to wrap up, okay. we, we can't talk forever. I wish we could because you have your wealth of knowledge and I think you have a mind for running the county and a heart for the people of the county. Um, what would you like to leave with the residents or the, of the county, the listeners of the podcast, when people might see this on Facebook? What would you want to leave with them as we close out this um, edition of the What's Happening MoCo podcast? So I'd say that, you know, coming to a place like this and looking at what we do compared to what a lot of other people do, our county is pretty amazing. And a lot of people look to us, you know, as an example of what's possible. And I think that the most important thing that you can be, in, particularly in times when people are trying to figure out how do we solve serious problems, is to be looked at as an example of how to do some of this work. So I really, I think people should appreciate, or I wish they would appreciate, or hope they appreciate, how much this county is able to do and, and what it means in terms of quality of life. And it doesn't diminish, you know, the bad things that happen. They happen. We're not immune to that. But um, we're focused on trying to improve the quality of life for everybody. And we're an amazing, amazingly inclusive county. And we don't talk about it much, but I remind people, you know, around 1970, this was a 95% white county. Mm. 4.5% black. Mm. 0.5% everybody else. So today we're a county that's 44% white. Mm-hmm. We've undergone a transition and incorporated lots of different people in this community and done it without turmoil and trauma. We have been able to be welcoming and include people and make them part of this county in ways that are, I think, you know, not everybody is successful at doing that. It says a lot. And then you talk to people in different ethnic groups who, if they were back in their countries, would not stand next to the person they're standing next to. Huh. But here they do that. I remember they used to do these fair up at Montgomery College in the summer. And you would have all these stalls in the middle of the parking lot there. And people from countries that were at war here were working with each other and doing things. And I'm just like, this is very cool. So it's so, so sort of like some good things have happened here. And if you could bottle it up, I wish you could. But, you know, we have a very well-educated population. And I think people have a you know high value for civil behavior. And I think that it really helps us um, be a leader. But those, those are things I think people should think about. And that's what's happening, MoCo. Good things are happening here in Montgomery County, Maryland. Good things happened here at the MAKO conference as we close it out. Uh, Our leaders have shared great information. They've gotten great information. 
Uh, they've been emboldened and educated and are heading back to Montgomery County to lead us into a new year. Thank you, sir, for you. Uh, joining us today and hope you have a great uh, drive back. All right, plan Thank on you. it. All right. Thanks for listening and please subscribe.